I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting niggas know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me, and in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs investors and world-class athletes so thank you all for tuning in this show is for free and my guests do give their precious time to be here so i do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks i ask that the price of admission be you share this if you get any value you go onto your social media you share it with your friends you share it with your family you share it with your co-workers you share it with people in the streets look my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential and i can't do that alone okay hi and welcome into the mind uh i'm your host marlon johnson i'm excited today for today's episode because I'm going to be sitting down with one of the co-authors to the bestseller, The Go-Giver. For over 30 years, this gentleman has been successfully showing entrepreneurs and leaders how to increase their sales, increase their communications, add value, and accelerate their referral business. And although for years he was best known for his sales classic, Endless Referrals, it's his business parable, The Go-Giver, that he and John David Mann created that started this worldwide movement. So while it's a part of a four-book series, The Go-Giver itself has sold over more than 1 million copies and has been translated into 30 languages. In fact, it was rated number 10 on Inc. magazines, and it was put on the list of the most motivational books ever written. So this gentleman is none other than Bob Berg, and... He is an advocate and a supporter and defender of the free entrepreneur system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to the amount of people they serve. So let me welcome everybody to Bob Berg. Bob, I'm excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Marlon. Great to be with you. Awesome. And Bob, before we get started, how's the internet connection? Is the internet connection coming through well for you? I can see you and hear you perfectly. How about how about you? Amazing. You're coming through loud and clear, so I want to Woo! make sure that we're good on this side. <laughs> so, Bob, again, it's right before the holidays. Thank you for joining me. I'm hanging out with my family. I'm still extremely uh, grateful to be here. And love it. I want to jump right into it. So your book, The Go-Giver, by the way, it's one of my favorite books. I've actually gifted that book along with two books I gift the most is The Go-Giver and Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. So I love it's that up there for me. And thank you. Take that yeah. as a, quite a compliment, Marlon. Yeah, no, thank you. So your book, you create a fictional character, Joe, who's taught these five laws of stratospheric success, the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, and the law of authenticity and receptivity. Can you quickly review for the listeners what those five laws are about? Sure. And they're, they're all based on a very basic premise that shifting your focus, and I think that's really where it all begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense 
value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. Not for some way out there, woo-woo type of magical, mystical reasons, but it makes it makes sense, right? It's very logical when you think about it. When you're that person, Marlon, who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, discovering what they want, what they need, what they desire, uh, moving your focus off of yourself and onto helping others solve their challenges and their problems. Well, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to see you succeed. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to tell others about you. So that's, you know, that's really where it begins. So the five laws you mentioned, um, you know, when you, when you combine them and use them all together, now it makes a very, very uh, powerful combination. So the first one, the law of value, is all about making the the um, uh, buying experience, or in your case, selling experience, because you buy a lot of product, but making the, the customer experience, let's say, just so fantastic that the other person feels great about having done business with you. Right? They feel as though they've received more in value than any any kind of investment of time, of money, of energy, of what have you that they've had to make, right? So, so that's really what the law of value is all about. And you do this through excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. Understanding that in the selling process, it's really all about giving people time, uh, you know, counsel, attention, education, right? And so when when we can do this and really help a person feel genuinely good about themselves, now that's where we've really created immense value for another human being. Law number two is the law of compensation. This one says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Okay, so where law number one talks about the value you bring, law number two really talks about the number of lives you impact with that value. Law number three, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, not in a way that's doormatty or or martyrish or self-sacrificial, not at all. It's simply understanding as Joe, the protege in the story learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business is simply that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And Marlon, as you know, there's there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus to an other focus. Looking to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story, advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. Law number four is the law of authenticity. This one says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And in this part of the story, uh, Deborah shared a a lesson that she learned in her sales career that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, uh, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very, very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. But when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself, day after day, week after week, month after month, 
people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. And why wouldn't they? They know who they're getting. And that kind of consistency, okay, really inspires trust. So authenticity is really just such a great way to to live life and conduct your business. And then law number five is the law of receptivity. This kind of brings it all all together, brings brings it home, if you will. The law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. It's sort of like this, you know, you breathe out and you breathe in, right? It's not one or the other. You've got to do both if you want to survive, if you want to thrive, right? You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen. You breathe out, which is giving, you breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are really two sides of the very same coin. Many people think they're opposite. They're not. And those are the, that's the message we get from the world around us that, you know, you're either a giver or a receiver. Not at all. You're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that the giving comes first. You know, that's just a, a law of life. It's a law of nature, of human nature, physical nature. You, you uh, plant before you harvest. Uh, you sow before you reap, you give before you receive. Now, when you do this correctly, right, and you're giving focus on giving value to others, uh, touching the lives of many people, placing their interests first, always coming at it from your authentic base, you've, you've set in motion that which will bring towards you the abundance you desire. You've got to be willing and able to gratefully and lovingly receive it. I love that. I mean, Bob, first off, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. You have a amazing a storyteller's voice. Oh, like, as you. you were speaking, I'm just like, oh man, we need to get the version of Wonderful <laughs> where you're reading the book because it just, it captured me. And what wow. I love so much about these five laws is they work so well together. Right. They really do complement the other where it might seem like, you know, I still have a question. But if you continue along the story, if you continue to adopt the other laws, you find that it's in this neat package. So I'm curious, right, because you do an amazing job. You and your co-author, you do an amazing job. I've got to tell you, and and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. And and please forgive me for interrupting. I just want to make sure to make because you mentioned my co-author, John David Mann. I mean, he was really the writer, you know, I mean, I'm a how-to guy. You can tell that from probably speaking with me for about 10 seconds. Uh, John is a brilliant writer without his ability to kind of put pen to paper or, or computer to paper, what have you, uh, it, it never would have been the, you know, the story it was. So thank you for, for mentioning him. Yeah, no, of course. And thank you for sharing it because it's really, it is an amazing story. And that's how we learn the best. We learn through stories, stories stick and they resonate with us. But I'm curious for you personally, as you were on your own personal journey in life, when did these laws stand out to you? Like, how was it that they kind of, I don't, I don't want to say fell into your lap, but at what point did you discover them? So, so first, <clears throat> excuse me, I was very fortunate, you know, to, to be born in, and raised by two great parents. So, I mean, I got to see this in action, right? And that's always such a, you know, an advantage. Um, now, as I grew up and got into business, I was very fortunate that I would get to kind of see how people ran their businesses, 
how salespeople did certain things. And I noticed people did things one of two different ways. They seemed to be looking for what they could only get for themselves, or they could place a focus on making other people's lives better. And, you know, every so often, the people who were focused on themselves, they'd have a win, they'd get a sale, they'd, but it seemed to, to not be very sustainable. And they never seemed to be really happy, which, I mean, what's the purpose of life if you're not going to be happy, right, and feel good about yourself and so forth. So then there were the people who I, I met who, you know, I saw that they really cared about others. They they brought immense value to others through their products and services, but also how they took it upon themselves to care and to, right? You know, so you see these things and you pay attention and you look past the surface sometimes to the deeper picture. And, you know, I got to read great books from people like Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy and just, you know, all the, the great Danielle Kennedy and so, so many wonderful writers. So I think altogether, I, I kind of, that's how it, it, it happened. That I that now, as far as the laws themselves, you know, John David Mann and I both have been salespeople and entrepreneurs. We both studied success. Uh, he, uh, John, as through being a writer and being a magazine person, got to interview tons of successful people. Um, you know, having an opportunity to speak over the last thirty years, I've gotten to to certainly meet you know the most successful of the successful, and so I'm always asking questions. I always want to know what makes this person successful, and if 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 somebody says, "Hey, that's the the top earning salesperson in the business," I'm going to go talk to that person because I want to know what they did to get there, right? And through the years, and when we sat down to really write this. We just went over the notes. I mean, you know, not just on paper, but the notes from years and years and years. And it was, what do people do? What have people done from time immemorial? Those who were sustainably successful, right? And it came down to those five things. So, you know, we always say, John and I both say, there's nothing about this book that's new, right? I mean, we put it in story form. We name, gave names to the, the laws and so forth, but there, there's nothing that's new in there. These are all, you know, time-tested proven principles that successful people have always applied. Now, they didn't always know they were applying it. There have been many people who just kind of naturally, intuitively um, put these laws into practice, but people did these things whether or not they even knew that's what they were doing. I like that. And you said two really important things that I want to highlight, right? You said one that these aren't new principles, which I agree with you. And that's why I appreciate that you've repackaged and repurposed it in a story form that makes sense to people today, right? Because, you know, we are, we're retelling stories, but we retell it for today. We retell it for the modern man, because I'm able to pick up that book and it makes a ton of sense to me. And I've read through scripture and I've read through other different books and the lessons are there as well. However, this stands out. It just, it clicks, you know? So I appreciated that. And you said you found the individuals who were able to do these, apply these principles and have success in a sustainable way. Yeah. And I think that word right there, sustainable is really important. And I want to hear your opinion on this because it was funny last year, actually, I was planning out what I wanted to accomplish for this year. And one of the things I wrote down was I want to learn to give in a more sustainable way. And uh -huh. I think a uh -huh. lot of people might understand this because I meet a lot of people that are kind. I think most people are good and most people are kind and they want to give. 
However, they feel that the more they give, they're almost like they're losing, they're draining, and they're pouring into other people that are empty bottoms in their cups. So they feel like they can't keep doing this. They can't keep doing this. But with that word sustainable, it means this is something that can be done over and over. So what did you find was there in order for the sustainability to exist with the giving? Well, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. And I, I think it's a great point. And, and, you know, the Pindar's principle, you know, the main principle was the more you give, the more you have. Okay. And so think about those things in life that, that the more you give, the more you have. So, so think about, you know, giving someone a hug. Okay. Do you have less hugs now that you've given someone a hug? No, you'll probably get more of a hug back from, from that person. You know what I'm saying? When you give love to your family, do you have less love for yourself? No, your family appreciates it and they give you love even more, you know, back and get right. And so there's so many things in life that you can give to others. Don't take away anything from us. It's only more likely to come back to us in a great way. You know what? That, that makes sense, actually. I think it was after I heard you speak, you came into our group with Pace about two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, that was that was a fun fun time. Nice that, people. That was a lot of fun. And you know what? Actually, you said something, which it was the first time I heard. You said, money is like love. Right? <laughs> the more you give, the more you have. And that was something that I, it really resonated where I said, wow, you know what? If we learn to look at it from this point of view, we're looking at it as a, a thing that comes up from within where if we create it from within, then we can give it indefinitely. So it adds to that sustainability. So I appreciate that a lot. So I'm curious to know, you've also, throughout the years, you've worked with many people, right? And have you found that you've encountered individuals along the way who they're good at their core, you meet them, they're good people, but something is still blocking them from adopting the, the giving mentality? You know, I'm curious, have you run into that as as of yet? Oh, many people, many people. Um, and so so people who just kind of, you know, maybe the way they were brought up or the, and let's face it, you know, whether a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, you know, what's the message we get that you have to be ruthless and horrible and step on people and this and that and take advantage of it, right? <laughs> So people grow up that way. Well, that's what they think business is. That's you know, they think selling is trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need. That's not selling. That's called being a con artist. Why would we ever want to do that? No, selling is simply discovering what the other person does want or need or desire and helping them to get it. But until someone knows it, they don't know it. So they may be the nicest person in the world, but if they haven't been taught the right way to, you know, to do things and they've had their examples from watching movies or television, which is kind of, you know, they draw eyeballs by painting people in the worst light possible, right? Um, then, you know, they, they just don't know. And so, so people who are just focused on themselves and the take, 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 we call them go takers mm. rather than go givers. And, and, you know, these are people who maybe feel as though, you know, they, they really can't give value to others or they will lose something from it. So that's why I think, and, and one of the reasons why I, I just love our readers of, of the books is that, you know, they become ambassadors of the message. 
you know, just like you, you know, I mean, you're, I mean, I, you were doing this anyway, very naturally. And, you know, I, I know you always have, but, you know, but as you've said, since reading the book, you've given it as gifts to people and you've, you know, and you're having me on your show and doing things. So I know you're an ambassador as well as an embodiment of the message itself. And so I, that's kind of the go-giver movement that we call it. You know, it's, it's, it's not just John or myself talking about it. It's that people who, who get the book and do it, do these things, the, this themselves, these ways, they're out there spreading the word. Yeah. You know what? I love that. And it, it's true, right? Because it's something that if everyone does it, I used to, so quick backstory before I was getting into real estate, before I did podcasts, I used to work with a lot of kids. I had a lot of students and what I would teach them when they would do things, I would say, Hey, imagine that everybody in this entire building did what you were doing. Would we have a chaotic building or would we have a beautiful orderly building? That's wonderful. Get them to think like, Oh yeah. So then with the principles here and the goal giver, it's like, well, imagine every single person in the world adopted this principle. What would happen? Oh, things would grow. We would get more. Therefore, hey, maybe there's something here. So I, I do like that. And Thank you so much. I, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, no, you're, you brought it up here. Um, you know, so I do appreciate that a lot. So let me ask this question. And I, I think you might have an interesting uh, opinion on this as well. When, is there ever a bad time or a time to not give, right? Is there ever a time for someone to maybe hold back and not pour it all on or pour it all out to another? Um, I think that's something people struggle with. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, another great question. Uh, First, I think it's really important for, for people to know that there's, there's absolutely nothing about being a go giver that is congruent with, with being taken advantage of, you know, or that martyr, right. That we were talking about earlier, not nothing about that. So, you know, obviously if you're dealing with someone who's a go taker and they're going to try to take advantage of you or just try to take as much as they can get and not, you know, uh, exchange value in some ways with you, uh, you know, I mean, you're, you're certainly not going to continue to give to them, uh, you know, in that in that context. Okay, some people you you can kind of teach, mm-hmm. some people you can work with, some people you have to lovingly let go and not you know not not deal with them. But but if you're doing something or if someone's asking you to do something that you just don't feel good about, it's either not congruent with your values. Or it's something where you feel you're being, you know, taken advantage of by doing that, then by all means, absolutely not. Awesome. So, so essentially, and I want people to understand this, right? You know, we can give, but it also is important for us to be aware of ourselves, to be aware of that our core, our core values and recognize, you know, sometimes even saying no is a form of giving, right? If we're not correct. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think that's something I've seen, uh, and I know in the past I've also I've done this where I we have almost enabled people, right? We've given them, we've rewarded bad behavior, and we've mm-hmm. taught them a wrong way of how to even treat us and how to work with us. You and know? you know what they say: behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. Right. So if someone's you know doing something that's really counterproductive and they're being rewarded for it, well, they're probably going to do the same thing again. Yeah, because I, I just want people to understand that, you know, I don't want anyone to go out there and blindly just say, well, let me just give, 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 give. Well, you still have a responsibility to make sure that it's 
giving in the right way, giving yeah. appropriately. I, I love that right there. So you have the book, you've helped a ton of people with it. You've helped people with your videos, with your podcast, with the go giving, the go giver, um, you know, group that has formed the, the community. Yeah. The success I'm, alliance. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. I'm very curious what, I guess what's next? Like how, what do you see as the next step? Is there a next step? Um, well, we're continuing to build the Go-Giver Success Alliance mentorship community. We also have a community of certified Go-Giver speakers around the world who license my prop, you know, intellectual properties, if you will, over the last 30 years, which includes endless referrals, uh, genuine influence, uh, the Go-Giver, and so forth. So we continue to, Kathy uh, Tejanel, my brilliant business partner, uh, she and I continue to build that. And uh, we're expanding, you know, we're expanding the brand even more and more. So uh, we just continue to have fun with it, really. Oh, I love that. I love that. So just continue to grow. And is this growing, this movement, it's growing internationally, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, the book is in 30 languages. Okay. So that, you know, that certainly helps because once you have it in that language, it's, you know, certainly a lot easier for it to kind of grow within the, you know, within that culture, within that, that country. I, I love that. Because, I mean, again, these principles are human principles, right? So they're meant to be received by everybody. So I do have this question for you here and let me know. Um, this one sometimes stumps people. So they're like, they're so mad at me for asking. And sometimes people absolutely love it. You've been interviewed many times. You've had a lot of people reach out to you, ask for advice, ask different questions. I'm curious, is there one question or a few questions that you don't get asked often that you wish people would ask you? Like, hey, you have access to my brain, to my experiences, to the things that I've done. This would be a really good question for you to ask me, but they're not thinking to ask it. No, I can't really think of too many. I mean, I, I think over the last 13 years or so that the book's been out, I've done so many interviews. I can't think of many questions about the book or about the message I, I haven't been asked. Um, and I think if there was one that I wanted to be asked, I would kind of just say, hey, you might want to ask about so forth and so on. <laughs> no, I love that. So, <laughs> I, you know, what? I do see that there are a lot of books behind you, which I love, right? So I am huge. I love reading. I'm a big reader, an avid reader. And, you know, books like The Go-Giver, books like Think and Grow Rich, um, Outwitting the Devil, those are books that have been absolute paradigm shifts for me. Once I picked them up and read through them, my brain never quite went back to being the same. That's what life will do, yeah. Life changed. I'm curious for you, are there books like that in your life that you picked up and it just... You really haven't been the same since. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when I picked up how to win friends and influence people, that made a big difference for me. Um, um, think and grow rich certainly, you know, made a big difference for me in that way. Um, Peace, power and plenty by Orson Sweat Martin. Uh, that made a big difference. The science of getting rich written in 1910 by Wallace D. Waddles. Uh, that was a, a, a huge uh, difference maker for me as well. Um, so there's plenty, actually, you know, plenty of books I've read that have 
just uh, Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. That was another one that I read. Another one was Psycho-Cybernetics, written in 1960 by Maxwell Maltz, which is all about belief systems and how our brain processes our beliefs and how, you know, we can never uh, reach a higher level of success than our most limiting belief, you know? So, uh, so yeah, these are, are all books that have made a huge, huge difference in my life and have helped me to really shift uh, my thinking. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're spot on. And actually, again, you said something the other day, it was two weeks ago that, again, it resonated with me. Like I, I took a note on this. You said that you never rise higher than your lowest thought. And to me, that was just like an aha moment because it reminds me of something yeah, that I, yeah, yeah. you know, I have, I have some friends that are military and I've heard them say that you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your level of practice, mm. right? So when you Power. said that, it it clicked something into my mind where, okay, you know what? What is the, the lowest thought of myself? What is the lowest thought that we have? And not how do I get rid of it, but how do I elevate that? How do I raise that part up? I, and I think it begins by being conscious of it because most people think because they are not taught to do right we're not we're not taught to think about what we think but we're we're pro you know we have our belief systems that have been programmed into us you know from the time we were a little kid you know again it began with our parents uh then our community and our grade school and friends and you know, everything we hear from society around us, right? We get these thoughts programmed uh, into us and we're too young to be thinking critically and checking our premises and saying, hmm, is that, does that serve me to think that way? You know, is that right? And, and so, what, so most of us grow up with a certain set of beliefs. We are run by what I call our unconscious operating system, Right thinking that we're operating out of consciousness and choice when really by and large, we're operating within a matrix. If you remember that first movie, you know, movie in the matrix series, right. And nobody even knew they were living in a matrix that was, they were controlled, right. By a bunch of machines. Well, we're basically controlled by our beliefs and we operate within those beliefs. And many of those, and some of those beliefs serve us. Others limit us. So we have to be asking ourselves, what thoughts are we thinking? You know, how are we operating in a way that does not serve us? So when we can be, when we can grab a thought like that, when it's, as you said, a low thought and say, okay, I see when we don't judge, we don't judge ourselves where we just say, okay, I had this thought that certainly isn't the thought that serves me or serves others why do I feel this way? You know, where did I learn this? And where did the person who I learned it from, where did they learn it? And we really dissect it. Again, we check our premises, right? And we say, well, isn't that hard work? Well, yeah, especially at first, right? Because you have to keep reminding yourself, putting notes up there, you know, that says, think, question, ask, right? (laughs) And then we start becoming more and more conscious more and more aware 
And now we start the process of growth and we read good books that we get to see some of these things and we get to learn more and more about how the mind works and what, right? And so as we do that, now we, we begin to grow. We also get around good people, such as your group uh, that you're, you're involved with, Pace's group. You know, it, it, these are all people who have, you know, they're, they're thinking success. You're surrounding yourself with success, Right. And so, you know, so all these things, so the, the books we read, the people we, we associate with, absolutely. This, uh, and, and staying totally conscious. Yeah, well, that's not totally, but trying to stay as totally conscious as we can. It, yeah, it's a daily challenge. I love that. Well, Bob, I want to be very respectful of your time. Um, you know, I appreciate you for coming on. I do have one final question. This question I ask of every guest that comes on the show and in fact, it's one of my favorite questions. And I'm I will do my best. Answer. So let's imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and you are a blank slate. You forget everything. You forget about the books. You forget about all the experiences, the sales, the conversations, the interviews, just everything is wiped away. Mm-hmm. And as you're waking up, as you're coming into consciousness, you're not scared. It's not a Saw movie. It's not like a horror movie or anything like that. You know you're in a safe place. And you start to, you know, blink into consciousness and a thought begins to bubble into your mind. Right? And this thought, as it comes in, you don't question it. You fully accept it as truth. And you begin to work with it. And it becomes the first thought of all the other thoughts to come, what would you ideally like this first thought to be? Wow. What a profound question. Just off the cuff. I, I would, I would think that I would want the thought to be something like I have what it takes and it, and am ready to, to meet any challenge and utilize it to my advantage and the advantage of others. Wow. I like that answer. That's, Thank you. I really like that. That's up there now. Like that's in the top. Five. Oh, I, li- I like your question. I thought that was a great question. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm going to put a book together one day of just everyone's answers. Ooh, I get some ooh, really cool ooh. answers. I like that. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I love that answer because it's all about it's self-confidence right there. And that is ultimately what people need in order to do whatever they want to do. So yeah. yeah. I really like that because people could do a lot with that. So Bob, for the people that now, because there are people that have listened to this that might not know who you are, how do they get in contact with you? How do they, you know, reach out? Where should they go to follow you? How do they fall in love with more of the go-giver? <laughs> Thank you. Well, the, the website's a simple one. It's just my last name, Berg, B-U-R-G.com. And uh, they can go there and pretty much get any information they'd like, including chapters of any of my books. So they can see if they like it first, they can find out how to join the Go-Giver Success Alliance. And if they go to the very, I think it's the very bottom of the the page, uh, they can see where I am on social media and click wherever they'd like, you know, whatever platforms they're usually on. I love that. And I'm going to say for the, I want to make it special for whoever goes and like gets connected with you. If you, are reaching out to Bob. If you go and you find him on social media, on Instagram, and you go and tag him and tag me together in a post, the first person that does that, I'm sending you a copy of The Go-Giver because you absolutely need to read this book. Everyone needs to read this book. It is amazing. 
Bob, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the show today. It's right before the holidays. It's right before Christmas. And I appreciate you so much. If there is anything, is there anything, actually, let me ask, is there anything that I can do to give to you and give to your community? Just stay the same fantastic person you are and keep leading the field and, you know, sharing with people how to do good things. And I think we all do that. Then we're all, you know, on the right track. I will absolutely do that. Bob, thank you so much. And I hope you have a happy holiday. Thank you, Marlon. You too. Appreciate you. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.